Hi, and thanks for checking out our City Reach Philly podcast from wherever you are listening. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message. The title of the message is, is Go and Heal. Go and Heal. And, and for many of you, Mr. Woods, what is Pastor trying to say? And, and I'm, I'm really trying to say what Jesus was trying to say to us. And he was really challenge, challenging us when he told the disciples to go and heal. And we'll look at the passage here in a second. But I don't know what you feel when you see that. Maybe you don't understand it. Maybe it seems a little daunting. Um, but it's something that I do want us to start considering and, 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 and implementing in our own lives. Jesus tells the disciples, go and heal. Uh, and let's jump right into the passage. It's found in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, and then we'll jump to verse 7 and 8. Matthew chapter 10, and they have verse 8 up there, that's fine, but we'll, we'll, we'll read 7 and 8 too, I may not have given it to you, but verse 1 says this, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority, I'll read it again, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and heal every disease and sickness. As you go, proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons freely, give freely what you have received, freely you have received, freely give. Amen. Let's just pray for that word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, which gives us life, Lord, that you would uh, bring something inside of us that perhaps is, it, it needs a resuscitation, Lord, uh, to our spirit today, God, that we would uh, seek what you want, Lord, first, Lord. So we honor you. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. And something I failed to do was if you if you have children, uh Two to four, they can go back to the nursery, and four to eleven go actually to behind me, and they can go around the curtain. Six months to to three. I'm sorry, I should know that. How many know that Jesus' plan for your life is greater than you know? I know that I, I we say this a lot here, but I really want us to. It's something that needs to get ingrained in us. It's something that we need to hear over and over. That Jesus' plan for you is more powerful, it's greater than you can believe. Three days after Jesus uh, was killed, the Bible tells us he was buried in a, in a grave. And, and three days later, the Bible tells us that he burst out of that grave. I love to say that. And I love to say that he burst out of that grave fully alive. And, and because he came out of that grave alive, immediately at that moment, God's promises for your life became alive too. Amen. The promise that Jesus said you would do greater things became alive the second that Jesus burst out of that grave. How many are thankful for that moment? Amen. That brings, not only gave him life, but brings you and I life and allows us to dream the dream that he already placed inside of you. The Bible says that through Jesus, all things are made new. How many need some new things in their lives? Something new. Amen. Something new that, that only God can offer us. And, and, and the gospel of Jesus Christ is powerful. Sometimes we take it for granted, especially us folks who've been in church all our lives. We don't understand the magnitude of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ tells us that the weary can find rest. The gospel of Jesus Christ tells us that the hurting can find healing. It tells us that the blind can see, that the lame can walk, that the broken can be mended, that the lost can be found, that the poor can prosper, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's go back to that passage, verse 7. Verse 7, or just go to 8, go to 8. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, and drive out demons. That's what Jesus died on the cross for, so that we can walk around and do this. When he sent the disciples to go do this, he was still alive. He, was, he hadn't been crucified yet when he sent them to do this. They were not even baptized with the Holy Spirit. Yet they went out and they did that. They went and they healed. That's powerful. It boggles my mind that, that the disciples, the very same people who would a few uh, months later would actually betray him, the very same men who would, at the, at the moment he needed them most, would run from him, right? He empowered them. The Bible tells us he empowered them to go heal. And so if he did it to them, he did it for you as well. You are empowered to do that. And you say, well, Pastor, man, what are you talking about? Man, I just got here. It's my first day here. How could you be talking to me? I'm talking to you because Jesus is talking to you today. It might be your first day. You may not know nothing about Jesus, but Jesus wants you to know that he created you so you would go and heal some hurting people. I, I love the fact that that when no one else believes in us, Jesus believed, this, believed in you and believes in you today. Yeah. Something should stir in your spirit when you begin to understand that there's something greater for you. Something should stir in your spirit when you understand that Jesus died to empower you so that you would go and you would heal. See, God's plan for you is greater than you ever, could ever deserve. I don't deserve to stand up here right now, right? I stand up here by the grace of God. I stand up here by the mercy and the goodness of God. I stand up here because he is good. Not because I am good, but because he is good. And I believe he is good. And because I believe he is good, he empowers me to stand up here. But I don't deserve it, and nor will I ever deserve it. But for that I give them glory. For that I give them honor. For that I encourage you to do the same. So understand, even if you don't deserve it because you don't, he wants it for you. And I believe many of you want it as well. See, because God will entrust you with more as you trust him with more. He will entrust you with more as you begin to trust him. See, God believes in you more than anybody else believes in you. God believes in you more than your parents believe in you. God believes in you more than your spouse, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife believes in you. God believes in you more than you believe in you. And you say, well, I'm unlikely. Pastor, you're telling me to go heal. I need to, I need to get healed. Well, then get healed. Get healed. He died so you will be healed. 
there's an opportunity. He'll heal your heart. He'll mend the brokenness. I, I, I love what I heard. I'm not sure where I heard it. I, I, I don't know where I heard this, but it, it, it boggles my mind that we are broken vessels. I think it was the brother preaching last, last week when Edgar said we're broken vessels. We're cracked, right? But even through those cracks, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit and the presence, there's a light that shines through us that brings light even through the cracks of our broken vessel. Close my mind. How many are still a little broken and unfinished in the house? Then there's hope for you. Then there's hope for you. And the Holy Spirit more than anything wants to flow through your life. So you would go and you would heal. How many know that God is still about the business of unlikely people? As I look around this room, there's a lot of unlikely people in this room. It does not mean that you're less than. But it does mean that there's some folks and some people who put a statistic over your head, right? And said that you would not succeed. But let me tell you, as I look around this room, I see a whole lot of successful people. Not because of who we are, but because of who he is. As we begin to trust him, he begins to entrust us with more. Let, let's go a little bit deeper into this. Let's go a little bit deeper. Hallelujah. He says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out the demons. Hallelujah. And if I asked you today, and, and I asked you the question, say, what, what do you want to do with your life? Or what, what's next in your life? And, and, and maybe you have some dreams that have been shattered, and that's not even a, a reality for you anymore, and you just toss that away. Or, or maybe you say, you know, I, I want to go back to school. I say, well, that's great. You want to go back to school. Well, while you're going back to school, I would say, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, and drive out the demons. You may say, I just want to pay my bills on time. That's all. I just want to get, get, get back on track with my bills. And that's good. But while you do that, I would say, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, and drive out the demons. Say, but I just want to go to college and graduate. That's great. Go do that. But while you do it, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, and drive out some demons. That's what you've been called to do, church. It's time that we would embrace the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and go heal some broken, some sick folks. Hallelujah. How many are excited about what God is doing in your life right now? Something begins to stir. When someone begins to speak life into you, something begins to bubble inside you and come to life. Hallelujah. And you may say, well, God will never use you. And he won't if you continue to focus on your deficiencies. If we keep looking at what we can't do, you'll never go. But if we stop focusing on ourselves and, and the areas that we lack, and we start to focus on the powerful one who resides inside of us, then we understand that we were called to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse those who have leprosy, and to drive out some demons. How many can give him glory right now because he's worthy? He is good, he is good, he is powerful, hallelujah, and he created you for great. How many want something greater from God? Glory to Jesus. Bill Johnson said this, and it stirred something in me. Bill Johnson said this, most of what you need in life 
will be brought to you. But most of what, but most of what you want, you'll have to go get. It's the difference between surviving and thriving. I'm going to leave that up there so you can kind of get that inside of your spirit. See, there's some things that that greater that Jesus talks about, we got to go get. The greater that Jesus died for, you have to go get. You have to go get. We're going to talk about somebody here real quick who, who went in guidance. And I'm going to talk about how he did it so we can begin to say, how can I get that greater that God created me for? There's a young man, his name was David. Many of you know his story. David was a young man. He was kind of the runt of the litter. Some say that uh, perhaps he, he, he wasn't uh, uh, the son of, of uh, or had, had a different mother than the rest of his brothers, if you guys know what I mean. When the, when the prophet Samuel told his father Jesse, he said, Jesse, bring all your sons. He brought all his sons. Except for David. He didn't bring David. David was unlikely. There wasn't much expectation for David. And in this room today, I see a lot of Davids, hallelujah, that are maybe overlooked. But I'll tell you today that God is not overlooking you today. And the Bible tells us that Jesse called David one day and he said, he said, David, come over here. Leave the sheep for a little bit, because that's what he was. He was a shepherd. He said, leave the sheep for a little bit and go see your brothers. Your brothers, they're at war with the Philistines. And you need to go over there, and you'll take them some bread. The Bible says take them some bread and some cheese. I mean, like some bread and some cheese. <laughs> Puerto Ricans. Un café con leche. Amen. He sent them some bread and some cheese to go see his brothers. And when he got there, his brothers got angry. Like, why are you here, David? What are you doing here? David said, I came to bring you some bread and some cheese. That's all. I'll be out of your hair. But David overheard something while he was there. He heard somebody mocking and laughing at God. And it was a Philistine. And he said, oh, that doesn't sound too good in my spirit. That's rubbing me the wrong way, David said. And the Bible says that he kind of looked around and, and he said this. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that should defy the armies of the living God? Young boy. He said, who, who, how dare he talk about God like that? How dare he talk about the armies of the living God like that? And this anger began to grow inside of him. How many know that God is looking for somebody who will stand up and get a little offended when somebody begins to talk about our God? When someone takes the Lord's name in vain, God's looking for somebody who will get a little stirred up. And the Bible says that David, David said, oh no, that's not going to happen on my watch. Oh no, that's not happening on my watch. And he looked, I can see him looking at his brothers. Yo, y'all going to let that happen? His brother's like, come on, look, David, go back home, David. Go back home, David. But David, it stirred so much in him that word got to the king. And the king said, oh, there's somebody who's willing to face him. Bring him over to me. And they bring David over to, they bring David over to King Saul. And, and King looks at him and says, oh, I don't know about this. That's a giant. You're kind of small. 
Bible says, you're going to need some of my armor, Saul said. They put Saul's armor on David. They said, that's not going to work. It's too big. I'm not used to fighting with armor. Just take the stuff off. I'm good. I'm good. So you see, David had confidence in God. Right? He didn't need to put his confidence in any other man. He didn't need to put his confidence in any armor or any type of strategy. Because he had done something that we need to do. Bible says this. 1 Samuel, he says, But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep, I went after it. I struck it. I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair. I struck it and killed it. Your servant, he's talking about himself, I have killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised giant will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear shall surely rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. See, David could talk with authority. And I can see Saul saying, yo, this doesn't look too good because you look pretty small. You look a little puny, I know, but there's something inside of you that, that makes me want to believe in you. And Saul said, go ahead. Go out there and face the giant. Go out there. And the Bible says he went out there. And, and I'm not going to get too much into that story because what I want to get into is this. See, that David could face that giant because he had already faced the lion and the bear. He could face the giant because he had spent some time with God in the secret place. It is in the secret place that you discover your destiny. It's the only place you discover your destiny. It's where your dreams come true. It's where God's dreams for your life come true. In the secret place with God. See, there's a fight that you have to fight in order to live out your destiny. And that fight takes place in the secret place where no one sees. Right? It wasn't the big fight between him and Goliath that placed David there. It was the fight that no one saw. It was the time alone that he spent with God in the secret place. It was him staying focused on God in the midst of confusion that allowed him to get to that place. And sometimes we're walking our journey and we get distracted to our right and distracted to our left. And we take our eyes and, and instead of fixing them on Jesus, we begin to fix them on some issue over here or, or some issue over here to our left. And that keeps you from living out your destiny. It's about staying focused in the midst of chaos. How many know we live in a chaotic world? We do. We do. And it is in this journey as we are surrounded by chaos that when we are in our secret place, it is there that we begin to understand who he is. It is in that secret place, hallelujah, where all of a sudden faith begins to rise up inside of you. Right? It's not necessarily at church. It's when you're alone with God. See, David killed the lion and he killed the bear when no one was watching. It's about getting up in the middle of the night when you're exhausted to go spend some moments with the Heavenly Father. It's about getting to a place where you say, I can't live unless you are part of my life, God. 
It's about having a, 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 a real life conversation with God and saying, God, I don't want to go forward if you don't go before me. I don't want to make the decision until you confirm it in my heart. Because it's not so much about me. It's all about you. And it was in that place that David was able to slay that lion. It was in that place where David was able to slay that bear. And there's some bears and some lions, hallelujah, in your life that you need to face. There's some bears and some lions, hallelujah. They got to say, when you get up in the morning, there's a bear at your doorstep, hallelujah. And if you just get up and you start, you walk to, you, you say, hey, bear, get out of my house. Demon, hallelujah, of depression. Hallelujah, demon of lack. Hallelujah, demon, hallelujah. Oh, that thing that holds you back. Hallelujah. It's time, church, to rise up in our secret place and send that man back to hell where he came from. Hallelujah. When we become empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit, and we rise up like David and say, How dare you defy my God? That happens in the secret place, brothers and sisters. Glory to Jesus. It's in that place to say, God, you put a dream in my heart. Hallelujah. You put a destiny in me, God. And I need to discover it. I tell you today, you discover it in that secret place with God. It's where he reveals that purpose for you. Stop waiting on somebody else to put the pieces in place for you. And go to your secret place and put your dependence on God. He puts the pieces where they're supposed to go. Not you and not me. Hallelujah. It is in that secret place where the lion and the bear must be killed. Hallelujah. There's no other place. See, because once you kill the lion and the bear in private, God will trust you with that giant in public. See, some of us trying to go fight some giants. But there's still some bears in the house, right? We're trying to go kill a giant when there's still a lion, hallelujah, in the house. He might be wounded, but you ain't killed him yet. You ain't killed him yet. And sometimes that bear is fear, right? Fear, I'm afraid. Lack of faith. But Jesus believed in you. And that's why he said, go heal the sick. Go raise the dead. Go cleanse those who have leprosy. And drive out the demons. Yes, he told you to go heal them. And we've learned all the time, oh, we don't heal people, God heals them. And that's true. God, God does heal them. It's not our power, it's his power. But I'm going to tell you this, there's something that, 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 that in our theology doesn't match up with Jesus' theology, right? Because Jesus called you to go heal him. He said, you go heal him. He gives you the command, he gives me the command. Because there's somewhere in that crazy equation, right, of us taking dominion of that call, that command, right? Where your will has to align with his will and then the miracle happens. 
There's, there's something that has to happen, right, in order for that healing to happen. Because he called you to go heal him. That's what he says, right? And that's when your will, hallelujah, begins to align with his will. And let me tell you, his will is to heal the person, right? And when we begin to align with his will, then the miracles begin to happen, hallelujah. And that alignment happens in the secret place. It is in the secret place that your doubt, your logic, your plan get flushed down the toilet. It is in that secret place, hallelujah, where God begins to reveal, hallelujah, that it's not about your determination. It's your willingness to surrender that he's looking for. Church, it's been in the hardest times of my walk, hallelujah, that God has manifested himself the most. You know why? Because I'm in a place of surrender. I'm in a place where I can't go no more. There's nowhere else to turn. And it is there, in that place of surrender, hallelujah, that your faith will rise up. You can't buy faith. Faith comes through surrender. Surrendering your will to God in that secret place. Surrendering your plan, your logic, your pain, your mistrust, your hurt, your relationships, your will, your bank account, your job, your education gives room for faith to rise up in you. It is a surrender that God is seeking. It is a surrender that happens in the secret place. It is a surrender that gives you the strength to kill the lion and to slay the bear. How many lion slayers and bear slayers are in the house today? Hunting season has started, brothers and sisters. We got some lions to kill. There's some bears to, to slay. If we're going to take this city, we got to clean up our house first. Hallelujah. How many want to, hallelujah, how many want to find a secret place? Oh God, where they can understand and begin to know who you are, God. That you are the King of Kings. That you are the Lord of Lords. That you lack nothing. That nothing, hallelujah, makes you panic. Glory to Jesus. And some of you say, my pastor, I ain't ready for all that. Man, that's a lot. It's a lot to give up. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm ready for that. That's okay. But I'm going after it. I'm going after it. I know there's one or two or three or four or five or six in this house who say, I'm going after it too, pastor. I'm going back to my secret place. There's a couple cobwebs that I got to get out the way in that room because I haven't been there for a while. And I got to go clean up my gun because that gun has been, ain't been used for a while, right? And I may have to go buy some new ammunition, hallelujah. I may, I may have to open my Bible and say, God, oh Lord, hallelujah, glory to Jesus. I'm opening this word because I need, I need some new ammunition, glory to Jesus. And you say, well, I'm not ready for that. I can't do that. I would say this to you. It's not easy. It's not fun all the time. But whatever this world offers you, it pales in comparison to God's destiny for your life. It pales in comparison. And not only for you, not only for you, because we're so selfish sometimes. But let me tell you, I don't walk this walk just because of me. No. I don't fight this fight because of me, right? 
I fight it for the ones who come after me, right? I come for the ones. I got to, somebody has to stand in the gap. Hallelujah, to get somebody else. Because, oh God, oh God, it's bigger than me. It's bigger than you. Would you go to your secret place? Would you find that lion? Go find them. Go find them. Go find them when you see his tracks. Don't let up. But you keep going. And you keep going. When you see, hallelujah, that lion or that bear, you cast them out. And you kill them in the name of Jesus. Church, let's stand in this house today. See, some of us know how to pray for the sick, but we haven't learned how to heal them yet. God is trying to take us to that next level. Hallelujah. God wants to take us to that next level. He commanded us to do it. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. You are amazing. We thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit in this place. I pray, God, Holy Spirit, that you just, Lord, invade, Lord, our worlds, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. With every eye closed and head bowed, I know there's some lion slayers and some bear slayers in this house. I'm going to count to three. When I count to three, if you are one of those people who says, I'm going to go to my secret place, I'm going to slay a bear. He's been lurking around for too long. And I let him. If that's you, I count to three. You'll raise your hand. One, two, three. All the lion and bear slayers in the house. I see lots of hands in this house. There's lots of bears to be slain. You may have to slay some bears for your, for your spouse, right? Who can't do it. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. And as our intercessors come forward, if your hand is up, I'm going to ask you to come forward today. We want to pray with you. Because lion and bear slayers are not timid or afraid. They take a step forward. So if you rose your hand, I'm going to ask you to boldly come up here. We want to pray with you today. It's the first step. Hallelujah. The first step. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen on. Have a blessed week.